And I could pack it anywhere. How about Dorchester? Packed it. Foxborough? Packed it. The Garden? Packed it. Saugus? Packed it. Swampscott? Revere? The Harbor? Are you kidding me? I packed it and then unpacked it. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Petrano. Coming up on 815 here on Wisconsin's Morning News, one of the smartest people that will appear on this program is in this house. And I want to start setting up our guest with something that we talked about, what was it, last week, E? Yes. We had the testimony before Congress, mm-hmm. actually a couple of big deals. You had the CEOs from the social media companies dragged before Congress. Standing up and turning and apologizing yes. to the American people. Being told they had blood on their hands yeah. and whatever. But also the same day, and I feel like it was kind of lost in some of the theater that played out there, was you had the director of the FBI testifying before Congress saying the Chinese government is, to pre- is preparing to attack the U.S. digitally. PRC hackers are targeting our critical infrastructure, our water treatment plants, our electrical grid, our oil and natural gas pipelines, our transportation systems, and the risk that poses to every American requires our attention now. Director Ray calls it the defining threat to our generation. Our guest here is Tina Chang. She is the chair and CEO of Locally Based, but a national company called Syslogic focused on cybersecurity. My first question for you, Tina, is can they do all that? Oh, absolutely. This is all <laughs> She news. didn't even take, like, don't you want to take a pause and think about it for a second? No, no. no. You've uh, heard me uh, say it before. I think our next war on U.S. territory will be a digital one. And so those in the know, we follow this stuff. Uh, but I'm glad the FBI came out and made it more well-known to society. But if we all know this, or at least the important people should know it, aren't we already protecting ourselves? At least maybe not the... Uh you know, John or Jane Doe, but these infrastructures, aren't they already thinking about this stuff? Oh, I think it's uh, grown in its awareness, but there's so much to do and you have to invest in it. So you're always playing a little bit of catch up. The threats continue to change. And I think we're getting better in cyber resiliency. That's our ability to grow some maturity around cybersecurity. But uh, no, especially some of these small municipal governments, they're not there yet. So I want to get more into our our personal devices and all that as well, but just kind of tying a bow around this. You talked about municipal governments or whatever. How would if a hacker in China at the direction of the government or whatever, how would that person be able to affect our water supply? And and would they do it on a macro level? Are we are we looking at a cyber bomb, or is it a little thing here and a little thing there? Oh gosh, it's lots of little things here and there. And as individuals, we play a role in that because they can leapfrog using our networks to get to other networks. But the key is think about this: if you were trying to get into a bank, somebody has the keys to the bank, and other people have the keys to the vault. For the Chinese here, when they find a vulnerability in one of the devices of a treatment plant or the electrical grid or whatnot, they've got the keys to the vault. They can shut it down. It's that simple. Does someone just go every day? I mean, I assume we do this too in some fashion as far as the American government and the American cyber hackers or whatnot. Like just run a report every day just to check for vulnerabilities. Just, okay, let's just type it up again and see what happens today versus yesterday. Absolutely. There are lots of agencies led by now CISA, the federal government. That's a cybersecurity infrastructure security agency. You could go to their website, CISA.gov. There's lots of information there of our everyday threats. 
Uh, but they're constantly running vulnerability scans. Companies are constantly running vulnerability scans. If you're not already, give yourself a Valentine's gift and at least figure out what your stance is, what's vulnerable and who can get into your, your house or your shop. Uh, but you know, vulnerability changes every day and the attacks are getting more and more um, uh, sophisticated and social engineering, otherwise known as somebody tricking you to trust them in order to give them uh, passwords or key access is becoming more and more prevalent. And we're falling to that as individuals and as prey every day. Are their hackers better than our hackers? Because I'll tell you, if there's if there's a war that I think maybe we might be able to, if we rallied the troops here in the U.S., like clear out the basements all over America of the people who are down there 24-7 hacking away at their stuff. Right in like, the code. Exactly. Like, are, are their hackers better than our hackers? I can't answer that. I think there are good <laughs> hackers around the world, though. I think most of our threats are obviously coming from Russia and China. Uh, we need better U.S. sanctions against them. But as you said, we have them too. And trust me, we are targeting them as much as they're targeting us. And the key is, when does somebody pull the trigger? And right now, China's saying, don't mess with us and our relations with Taiwan, or we'll show you. And so this really comes back to political leverage. And uh, that's the key. We don't want them to have leverage. So what are we going to do to protect ourselves so they don't have that leverage? Tina Cheng joins us from Syslogic. That's what I was going to ask you is why now? I mean, we've already known this. You've talked about this before with us. Why are we hearing from the FBI now, do you think? I think it's because we're in a crisis around the world. There's war. And when U.S. decides it, wants to take a stance, we speak loud. And if we're speaking loud and somebody's threatened by that, they're going to figure out a way to attack back. And now to attack back, you don't need a gun. You just need a cybersecurity infrastructure vulnerability. Tina Chang is the chair and CEO of SysLogic here in southeast Wisconsin. Okay, you mentioned something that I want to ask you about next, and it's the sort of the way in for so many of these attacks is right through us. It's right in front of us. It's maybe been in your inbox. It's maybe already come to your phone. So I have a number of questions about that next on Wisconsin's Morning News. A23 on Wisconsin's Morning News. We're talking with Tina Chang. She is CEO of a company called SysLogic. They're focused on cybersecurity, and she's scaring us straight this morning. So I'd mentioned the phishing emails or a phishing text or things like that. These uh, Some are more sophisticated than others. Some of the tests that we get in our own company are designed to kind of trick you into clicking on the thing. And then fortunately, it's coming from inside the company. And they're like, oh, you screwed up. You just qualified for another hour of cyber training. <laughs> no. Right. But there are a lot of these out there, and that's all it takes. You just click on one of these things, and that's the door. That's the way in that someone within your company has opened for a hacker. Absolutely. So when somebody's trying to get in the house, one of the easiest ways is to trick an individual. And the key here, if they're getting in by a phishing attempt into your network just by somebody clicking, that's easy. So why not? Uh, but those phishing attempts and the training, I know that they could be annoying, but they're good. They're trying to build your muscle memory to be suspicious yeah. because we're not naturally suspicious people. But no, trust we want to help me. people. Somebody called and said, I got to go get some gift cards. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. always the gift cards, right? Yeah. Right, right. No, it's a red ever, flag right there. If anyone's ever <laughs> asking you to buy them gift cards right now, that's a scam. That's right. And Listen, too many people got caught by it back in the day. I think we're starting to know better. But there are new attempts and fresh attempts every single day. So it changes. And so we need to protect both individually and our companies because once there's one person in, uh, there's mold in the house. 
And it's spreading. So if Mission Impossible movies have taught me anything, it's that like someone can just hack by getting in and just doing whatever they want and control satellites or whatever. But it sounds like the easiest way is what you just said, where someone finds their way in, they find a crack, or a door is open for them, right? Like a user inadvertently opens a door. We could do that here, you know, personally here in the company. Is that likely how it would happen in a larger scale, too? When we hear from the FBI, could it just basically be because someone at the IRS lets them in inadvertently and then all of a sudden all hell breaks loose? I think it really depends on what's connected. So if you have connected systems, and this is where... As we as workers have gone home to work remote or work in hybrid, we're logging into our work systems from home and we're not protecting our homes as much as we should. So there are big attacks now that leverage what they call SOHO, small office or home office attacks. And you may say, what do they care about me for? Well, they may not, but you're just one jump to your company or whatever else you're logging into, maybe with access but if they're in your network they're crawling around your machines watch out because all of a sudden they're going where you're going i might have just connected some dots here because i'm not that bright as you know having come through a couple of times tina but maybe i'm connecting some dots if we can go back to tiktok i've often thought like okay what do i care if they know where i live or whatever and if some person is collecting that data whatever amazon's got that all these companies have that whatever but one of the ways they try to get to you is The message that comes to you, whether via your phone or email or whatever, is very familiar to you. It makes sense to you because they know stuff about you. They're that good. Absolutely. So, you know, apps like TikTok, I never use it. It's Chinese owned and we don't have good uh, legal uh, recourse against some of the nation states, different than some of the social media platforms here that need to play it nice, like, you know, your metas and your Instagrams. Uh, But TikTok's a little bit different. They are collecting a vast amount of information from us every day, geolocating our locations. Of course, they have the data and the information of whatever you choose to give them. But it's also an app on your phone connected to the rest of what's on your phone. And we are so not good about looking at the settings on our phone and choosing what we turn on and off. And we need to get better at that as citizens. Have you read the book, Leave the World Behind, or seen the movie? That's the Julia Roberts movie on Netflix. No, I try not to watch uh, too much fiction about this because I have enough nonfiction. Horror flicks? Because <laughs> <Right. laughs> I, I was actually very curious to see how real it is. I mean, basically, it's the idea of being cut off and, and not being able to contact one another, not being able to get gas or even be able to maneuver on the interstate or different places just because of the congestion and how different things can be controlled via another site. And I'm just more curious about like how realistic it is for someone to be able to control and pinpoint, okay, all, all Teslas need to go to Tulsa because I can press a button and make all of them go there. If something that large and fiction to me could actually become a nonfiction thing. I think it's absolutely true. I mean, if you think about connected devices and how connected we are these days digitally, any of that can happen. And so You know, war is about creating fear, especially at the local level. So if we all of a sudden had some access shut down or we couldn't live our daily lives with the comforts of our daily lives, we start to get scared. And when we think about war and leverage, that's what it's all about. And so these days, understanding that we have a role to play for national security because you don't necessarily need a bomb and chances are we defend against that. But are we as good about defending against our digital vulnerabilities? Not so much. So we have a tech guy coming in tomorrow with an Apple Vision Pro. If I were to give you an Apple Vision Pro, what would you do with it first? 
I would try it. I think, you know, not all products created equal. Apple products happen to be locked down pretty nicely. Okay. Not all, but they happen to. Much different than a Chinese product that I got. It was an amazing, expensive uh, dog cam that could pop a treat out from an iPhone. Uh, my security guys looked at it, and they are like, there's absolutely no way you're installing this on your network. You're like one software update away from a breach. But uh, so some products are good ones, and uh, we as individuals should get smarter about taking a look at the security protocols, understanding the security posture of the manufacturers of the products that we're adopting. Uh, but that happened to be one that I would be interested in, and I love to play with new tech. Hmm. Tina Chang, chair of national company called SysLogic. It's based right here in southeast Wisconsin. They focus on cybersecurity. Can you leave us with an optimistic note this morning? Like, what should we feel good about in the cyber world? Tell I, me where tell me we're going to be okay. Absolutely. <laughs> I don't know that we're going to be okay, but here's what I love. <laughs> Damn. I love All right, we're our, heading to break. <laughs> our growing awareness about this. Okay. Uh, I think you called this talk white noise earlier. Uh, slowly but surely, as it becomes real, it will not be noise. And uh, awareness leads to education. As we get better educated, we'll be able to protect ourselves. And in 10 years from now, this will be muscle memory, no brainer. Awesome. I like that. Okay. You're welcome back anytime because you say amazing things. But uh, boy, I, I, I never feel better when we're done with this. Right? <laughs> Thanks, Thanks Tina. Tina Chang is the CEO of SysLogic right here in Southeast Wisconsin, 830 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Eight thirty nine on Wisconsin's Morning News. A couple pieces of Brewers news. They should be underway already with the load up. Is this a load in or a load out? Well, you kind of want a load out, right? It's a load out, but they're loading up the truck. So this is like Marquette move-in day. <laughs> this is one of those <laughs> annual stories we hear about, but this is an exciting one. This is when everything gets moved down to Arizona for spring training. They take a big old semi down yeah. to Arizona, Maryville, where the Brewers will open spring training. I think pitchers, catchers report in a couple, couple of weeks, of weeks yeah. right? So they load up one of these big trucks with a lot of equipment that comes from Milwaukee down to the spring training facility. Among those things, you ready for some stats here? Yeah. 20,000 baseballs. There you go. That seems like a lot, doesn't it? I mean, how long is spring training? <laughs> well, the average lifespan of a baseball, only a couple of pitches sometimes. I guess, yeah. A thousand bats, 2,000 shirts, 20 cases of gum, and 60 cases of seeds. I still think Amazon could probably just send that stuff straight to Arizona. <laughs> it doesn't have to come here first, then drive it down. Yes, they could, but then you don't get the photo op. I, un I you understand. Then you don't get the racing sausages out there with their little arms. Healthy. Polish, grabbing a bag of balls and That's bringing them favorite. up on the truck. That's my favorite one. They kind of help yes. wandering around. So Barrel Man is over there trying to pick up something. Bernie's like kind of telling them, no, over here, and the sausages are just... Oh. You can't drive pepperoni. Well, no, pepperoni's not a sausage. Never mind. Not it's in their contract. They can load certain things up to 30 pounds, and that uh, we can't make them do it, but uh, they're good sports. It's uh, Brewers president of business ops, Rick Schlesinger, on that they're last year. The, nice, the truck was getting loaded up. Yeah, you couldn't have that. I mean, yeah, you could get it delivered right to Maryville, but then you wouldn't have that. I want the Broadway's driving it. That's what I want. Well, in the thing? Yes. <laughs> I don't think his, his head's highway. all kind of dented in on the top. Like, <laughs> well, don't they see like through the mouth? I think that's where you, the eyes are on that. Come on now. Yeah. I mean, 
Yeah, anyway, I don't want to give away any secrets. Uh, another thing, actually, on a more serious end, the Brewers' big announcement this week on how they're going to do parking That's from right. here on out. A new parking procedure at American Family Field. Oh, you're not fitting your car in there. Look who's got Smart Pack. Smart Pack? Just hit the clicker. Car packs itself. It's smart. It's wicked Wicked smart. Uh, no more parking guy taking cash in hand or swiping cards at the entrance. You'll still have parking guy, but uh, the parking staff will be directing you right into the lots. So when you pull up, there may not even be a line. Traffic might move even That's the more expectation, smoothly, right? And you would just go to your spot. So you're no longer paying at point of entry. You go to your spot, and then what the brewers hope you'll do is, for the most part, prepay. So you buy the the prepaid package or the prepaid parking, and then what you do is you enter your license plate in the MLB app digitally, and they have some way of knowing then or scanning whether or not a vehicle that's in the lot has paid. And so if you do the prepay thing, like you pay the day before, you buy it ahead of time, that's all set to go. You don't have to do anything. You just roll on in and park your car. You can still pay day of the game. I mean, maybe you didn't know you were going to the game, right? Right. Hey, you want to go to the ball game tonight? Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Where are we going to park? Okay. You can still do that. You pull on in, and then they have signs posted all over with a QR code that you just put your phone up to, and it reads the code. We should ask Tina about that. Oh, <laughs> I don't right. like that too much. <laughs> Post it. You, you scan the QR code, and then you pay that way. But again, it's all digital. And the argument would be everyone will have some type of phone because you need a phone to get into the yep. stadium anyway. Yes. And then we're fumbling. You want to fumble around with it or if it's taking you longer, that's fine. But you're doing that after you've already parked and we don't have a line backing up onto Blue Mountain Road. They do something similar in the city, like in Milwaukee. Or if you're parking on the street, yeah. I have that app. I don't know if you have the Milwaukee Park yeah. app. It's Then you just type in the number. You have your, your license plate, but then you also type in the number of like the parking spot you're yeah. at. In this case, you would need... 3827, bing, bing, yeah. bing, two hours, good. In this case, you wouldn't need that. You just need your license plate and done. They do say they'll have parking ambassadors who will roam the lots so they can help my dad <laughs> <laughs> and others. Oh, that's so nice. That's not a knock on him like tech. He just... He, he doesn't like this stuff. I understand. I told you, he almost didn't... He almost did not go... The year we went to the National League Championship Series, Game 7, like against L.A. that year, he almost didn't go to the playoffs that year because it was the first year, I think, that the Brewers required you to do the digital ticket. He's like, oh. I, got it. I won't go. He couldn't figure it out. I'll he didn't have a smart TV. I'm like, Dad, you have to go see our team in the playoffs. I can't allow you to not go see the Brewers. Like, we'll figure it out. And he did, and it was fine. Life is good now. Right, but All he right. will need help with the parking app. Uh, you save money doing it prepaid. It costs you a bit more on game day. There will be a place uh, for all of this set to go for the home opener April 2nd. And I can pack it anywhere. How about Dorchester? Packed it. Foxborough. Packed it. The Garden? Packed it. Saugus? Packed it. Swampscott? Revere? The Harbor? Are you kidding me? I packed it and then unpacked it. I just want to scream hello. on Wisconsin's Morning News. So glad you're with us on this Tuesday morning. Taking up to 9 o'clock, Steve Scafidi will be up next. I'm going to play something for you that will send chills up your spine. And then we'll tell you what it's about. Mom, I need you. We love Dad. (laughs) We go, Dad. I don't know. That is an 8-year-old little girl. She was calling her mom, and her 2-year-old little sister is in the car with her. Asking where did dad go? Their car was stolen. The little 
girls are in this car when it was stolen. The car thief took off with them in the car. And at some point, the eight-year-old was able to call mom. Mom, no, why didn't mom pick up? Mom was on the other line with dad, who's at the quick trip at 27th and College, feverishly trying to call her while also on the line with police and whatever. So there was a lot happening in a short amount of time. But here's this eight-year-old. Can you, oh. I was like, I should play it again, but I don't want to. I don't want to hear that again. Those little voices, how scared they were. Can you imagine missing that phone call? Too? And then your mom. <laughs> if your mom, ah, how did I miss this? So what had happened was, here's a guy getting his car washed at the Quick Trip. Yeah. It's right near my house, 27th and College. Been through that car wash a million times, right? Probably got the air in the tires too. <laughs> right, exactly. And that place is super busy too, which is another crazy thing about this story. This isn't some remote outpost. It's a super, super busy quick trip. Sunday morning, 1130. People in and out, right? And right after leaving the car wash, dad gets out, assume the kid's in the back seat, right? And he gets out to towel dry the car. You know, the the, the big blower only does such a good job. So, so I've done this a lot of times. I just pull into a stall right there at the parking lot. And start drying off the car. He said he was within arm's length of the vehicle at all times. So this isn't like he went in the store, left the car running right. the keys in Using it. the restroom or something. Yeah, right. And the poor kids are by themselves. He's right there. I've done it myself. I've gone in there and used the vacuum or whatever. Kids in the car, heat's running. Like, you wouldn't even think. that some suspicious vehicle. Well, you picked up on something that was suspicious about it. But nonetheless, this vehicle pulls up and a guy's asking him for directions. So as he's distracted in that moment, like he said, only about an arm's length away from the vehicle... He starts answering this guy who's asking for directions. Meanwhile, somebody else gets out of that car, hops in the driver's seat of his vehicle, and takes off with the kids in there. It's all over in a matter of seconds. Gone. The guy is gone. Your kids are gone. Mm. He said he, like, lost his mind for a minute. He starts screaming for anybody and starts screaming, like, after the car, like, there are kids in there. Right, right. So he's ultimately on the line with 911. Someone just stole my car on 27th Street with my two kids in the car. Oh, imagine making that call. So fortunately, uh, the kids were okay. It sounds like who was ever behind the wheel, the car thief, thought, I'm a lot of things. I'm a car thief today, a carjacker, but I am not a kidnapper, and I do not want this. Ditch the vehicle. So they ditched the vehicle. That's when the girls made the phone call. Police quickly caught up with the vehicle there in Oak Creek, and the kids are okay. But, oh. The thing is, too... Middle of the day, right, in a very busy spot. There's no spot that's completely safe. The guy's right there. Can you imagine the helpless feeling that that would be? I, in fact, he said as much. So TMJ4 News uh, talked with the family, talked with Dad, talked with the 8-year-old little girl who shared her story. I heard the screeching of our tires. He opened up the car, then he bonked his head. But then went straight in, closed the door, then just started driving. It's uh, the most helpless I've ever felt in my life. Yep. What are you going to do? Call police, hope they find it, right? And they did. And the, the whole ordeal took minutes. And as I said, girls are okay. Mom and dad okay. Family's all intact. Yeah, yeah. And I think even the car isn't damaged. Like They ditched the car right away. And we do have a person... What's with this calling everybody person of interest? <laughs> Is that not, the person who did it or not? I'm not sure, for sure, for sure. Right. But 
Uh, Oak Creek police are still seeking more information. They want to know if anybody was there. Did anybody see anything? So if uh, if that was on your route, what did you say, Sunday morning, 11 o'clock Sunday or so? Sunday morning, 1130-ish. If you were in that area, Oak Creek police would like to hear from you if you think you have something to offer their investigation. But fortunately, this ended the way that it did. 854, Wisconsin's Morning News. WTMJ, W277-CV, and WKTI-HD2 Milwaukee. From the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is News Radio WTMJ, a good karma brand station. Eight fifty seven WTMJ forecast sponsored by Dave Drake Camp Heating, where your comfort is their family's tradition. On our way to a high of forty four degrees today, just another hour or so. The dense fog advisory for Waukesha, Walworth, Jefferson, Sheboygan, Fonalac, and Dodge counties. Sunshine expected this afternoon. On our way to a high of forty four degrees. Uh, had a super stacked show today. Lots to get to on the podcast page. If you missed any portion of it. You can text Vince to 855-616-1620. It's a WTMJ Talks and Text Line. And we'll get Pancake to send you the link to the podcast page. On there, you will see our tour of the Baird Center. That's right. Yep. Got that digital mm-hmm. up. Uh, Dylan, our digital guy, also was doing photos and videos. So you can go inside the expansion of the Milwaukee Convention Center called the Baird Center now. That's up there. We had Tina Chang from Syslogic in here to scare you straight. Basically saying that it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when there is some type of cyber war that takes place. And it wasn't necessarily meant to like scare us. It's more of, hey, there's ways did. to prevent this, right? <laughs> there's ways to be smart about it. Right. But when she says the next war that will be fought in the U.S. will be digital. Yeah. Like when she, she just has a way of phrasing it to... Well, hopefully, get us all to start paying attention more to that. Good content there, yep. So text Vince to 855-616-1620. It's a podcast page. You can also listen wherever you find your podcasts. Steve Scafidi is up next.